Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> it is Girl Scout cookie season, and I'm so fucking ready for Girl Scout cookies. Can- okay, you're listening to Talk Crooked, <laughs> the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject while enjoying adult beverages and Girl Scout cookies. And Girl Scout cookies, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we? I'm Kay. I'm Carrie. (laughs) I just happened to be on Facebook and I saw a link for Girl Scout cookies where you can order them online and God is testing me. Yeah, you don't need those. No, none of us need those right now. No, no. That's just tempting yourself to eat an entire box of cookies in one sitting. Yes. And the thing is, I work in a grocery store now and we have knockoff Girl Scout cookies but we don't mm-hmm. have the shortbread ones. Yeah. And oh, the, short you like the shortbread ones too, yeah. Yeah. Those are my favorite. Like I love the tagalongs and thin mints, but the shortbread ones are where it's at and we don't have those. I'm sorry. You remember the uh the Hershey's chocolate bars that were Girl Scout cookies or whatever? The thi- they taste like a thin mint? I think so. Weren't they like I guess they weren't technically Girl Scout cookies, but they had like layered it was like a cookie layer bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember those? Mm-hmm. And one of them was a was like a thin mint, and then there was one that had like caramel and something else in it. I don't remember. I never ate that one because why would I? There was a thin mint one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those were unbelievable. Thank God they were like four dollars. Otherwise, otherwise <laughs> I would have been eating them every day. Oh my God! Yep. Yeah, that I can't they justify insane. a four dollar candy bar though. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't never, either. never, ever. One time, one was broken, and I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> I was like, um, "Oh no, it's broken! <laughs> it's so sad. I'll have to damage it out now. <laughs> Whatever will I do with it?" <laughs> you want to know what's so fun about working in a grocery store? What? I don't really have to damage anything out. I just put it in one place and, like, the main manager does that. Um, I, Pepsi and, like, all of our vendors normally come in and, like, do a lot of our sections. So we don't really even have to put out a whole lot unless oh, it's, nice. like, I thought our you're... brand. I thought you were going to say, you know, what's really nice about working in a grocery store is not having to go somewhere else to go to the grocery. (laughs) Yes, that too. That too. But there's also a Mexican restaurant next door. And it's open open by the time, like, past when we close. So I could, like, legitimately order something when everything shuts down and then go pick it up. That's awesome. After work, which I'm not going to do that often. Mexican is like some of the healthiest food you can get, too. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's a... The guy that owns it owns, like, two of the Porto's restaurants in Bowling Green. And Porto's is my favorite. And so, yeah. (laughs) Um, Very cool. You've landed on your feet. Yeah. (laughs) I... I absolutely love working there. Like, good. I, I was really surprised at how much I liked it. Um, it's I probably nice it to be all. out of your house too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's nice to be out of this town. Good God. Yeah. People have gone yeah. fucking insane. Last night, yeah, they I, have. Uh, this 
family, this family of four, was like running over me as I was trying to leave Walmart. And I got loud and huffy about it. I was like, I was on the phone with somebody and I was like, I'm sorry. I'm being trampled by a family of four that doesn't understand this is a fucking pandemic and they don't need to be on top of people. Oh my god. That's like the, uh, I don't know what it is about the self-scans at our Walmart here Mm -hmm. in this county, but, um, for some reason people don't understand that you're supposed to, like, wait for one to open and then step up to one. You're not supposed to stand right up next to someone while they're checking out. It's rude. They do that here, too. weird space invasion. I don't need you to know the total of my items. Back the fuck up. I've seriously looked at people and been like, I'm sorry I'm not going fast enough. Yeah. For you. Uh, and they're like, oh, no, you're good. And I'm like, then why are you standing here? Yeah. <laughs> Stand over there, wait for one to open up, and then walk to it. You don't line up at each individual register. Where do you live? No. Like, where are you from? <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. Maybe just... Uh- Mimi's eating and she just heard me yell and then broke off and looked at me and smiled. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. She's like, Mommy, I'm trying to eat. <laughs> you know, when people eat. get so close to you and a self-checkout and stuff like that, I think that's called justifiable homicide. Yeah, if I, I assault you, <laughs> you deserved it. <laughs> get I'm off my ass. i a can of soda at your head. <laughs> And the worker's going to let me, because they don't like you either. <laughs> the, thing that, the thing that kills me is when people, like, do, are not watching their kids, or they are watching their kids, and their kids, like, jump all over you. I can't stand that either. Or, like, put their hand in your cart. Yeah. I will... Or, like, wiggle up next to you. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? I could be a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> I've wanted to look at these parents and be like, I'm going to drop kick your kid unless you get him out of my way. <laughs> like, oh, can't stand it. No. So none can't of that has anything to do with what it. we're talking about. I will but say I'm this, very- though. Um, well, right. But hang on. I will yeah. say this. I don't remember where I was. H- hang on. Let me re- let me try to remember. I was out in public somewhere, and it wasn't, like, in a store, because I don't take her into stores. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. I was walking, and I had Remy in a car seat, and I, I truly can't remember where I was, but I was I was out, and I, I had her, and I, of course, had, like, my, seat, my car seat cover on her, because that's the baby equivalent of a mask. Hi, baby. Look at your smile. And there was a lady who had, like, her other little kids. She had little kids with her. Mm-hmm. And, oh, we were at the doctor's office. That's where we were. We were in the waiting room at the doctor's office. And it was Christmas break, so every the waiting room was kind of full. Everyone was trying to get their doctor's appointments in, you know, while school was out. Yeah. Um, And so there, she had a couple of her little kids. They were just there for their checkups, you know. Yeah. And um, they were like, look, mommy, it's a baby. I really want to go see the baby. And the mama was like, no, but she doesn't want you to. She probably doesn't want you to see the baby. It's probably a little baby. Aww. Yeah, I'm talking about you. And she <laughs> it, it's not really appropriate right now. And I was like, oh, my God, you're a saint and a queen and you're marvelous. 
<laughs> Thank you for That's... not making me have to tell your kids I don't want them to see my child. Oh. To see my baby and touch my baby. And they were like, but she's so cute. And she was like, no, no, we're going to sit over here. We have to stay away from people. <laughs> oh, it was great. That's amazing. It was so nice. Hi, honey. What did you think about it, Remy? <laughs> oh, she thinks she'll put a boob back in her mouth. That's what she thinks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You. All right. So what are we calling this? Because the title that you put on our folder yeah. today was not what you said it was. So Well, it, <laughs> I, I thought that's what it was, and that was incorrect. So we're, we're calling it what the Wikipedia article calls it. Which okay. is um, unethical human unethical human experimentation, experimentation. specifically in the United oh. States. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna touch on a couple other ones. Okay, just just for a tiny bit of context, but um, we might be the worst. Oh yeah, <laughs> besides Nazi, besides Nazi Germany. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um. Yeah. And funnily enough, the Church of fucking Scientology popped up in my notes a little bit, and I'm excited to talk really? about that. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> this is really hard to talk about while my four-month-old baby smiles up into my face Aww. <laughs> with her beautiful blue eyes. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. Mommy's about to talk about the scourge of humanity. <laughs> okay, so let's, um, oh no. She also hit a link. <laughs> what is happening? Okay, here we go. Jesus. What? Oh, God. Hang on. You're okay. There we go. All right. Okay, so let's define it, shall we? Let's start yes. with the definition. So um, unethical human experimentation is human experimentation that violates the principle of medical ethics. Yes. So um, such practices have included denying patients the right to informed consent, uh, using pseudoscientific frameworks such as race science, which is not great. Yikes. Yeah, trigger warning. This is going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> um, and torturing people under the guise of research. Yuck. So that's always fun. Yeah. Um, around World War II, Imperial Japan and Nazi Germany carried out brutal experiments on prisoners and civilians through groups like Unit 731 or individuals like Yosef Mengele, 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 I think it's Mengele. Um, we're not going to talk about him. He's a huge piece of shit. Um, <laughs> okay. You can Google him on your own time. I don't have time for him. So uh, the Nuremberg Code was developed after the war in response to the Nazi experiments. Um, countries have carried out brutal experiments on marginalized populations. Ooh. Oh. You have a lot to say about that, Remy? You have a lot to say about it. She's got big opinions. Um, I know. I agree. It's really bad. 
is really bad. Um, so examples include American abuses during Project MK Ultra, yeah, and the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. Syphilis experiments, which we're going to touch on here in a minute, it's horrible. Um, and the mistreatment of indigenous populations in Canada and Australia. So let me just touch on those real quick. So, um, just so that people have some some context and some examples of what we're actually talking about here. So, um. As far as Australia goes, in the 1920s and the 1930s, Aboriginal Australians, which are, um, the Aboriginals are the natives to Australia, Mm -hmm. um, were subject to medical experiments on how they experienced pain and where body measurements and blood samples were forcibly taken. I'm sorry, they're fucking humans. They feel pain like you. Yeah. You dick. So this is what what we mean by race science. This is white people being horrible. Yeah. Basically. Um, the experiments were motivated motivated by a system of scientific racism and were carried out by researchers from the University of Adelaide. Um, oh. In 2002, the vice chancellor of the university described the experiments as degrading and in some cases barbarous. And the school issued a formal apology to aboriginals. Good. And tours straight out islander groups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we'll talk about Canada real quick, too, because Canada was real bad. <laughs> uh, we always think of Canada as awesome, but uh, they're not great to their indigenous population. No, they are um, not. Canada has historically carried out unethical medical experiments on indigenous populations um, in concert with its policies of forced cultural assimilation. Yikes. We did this for a minute, too. Yeah, we did. Um, in 1933, this is terrible. So prepare yourself. Oh, great. Because okay. this involves children. So trigger warning. In 1933, about 600 native children from the reserves near Saskatchewan were enrolled in a trial to test the tuberculosis vaccine. Remy, honey, hush. In, f- in both the control and treatment groups, nearly a fifth died from exposure. A fifth! Oh my god. Of the children died from exposure, malnutrition, and other causes. And guess what? What? Parental consent and <laughs> was not sought for indigenous children. Oh, of course it wasn't. Why would it be? But it was sought if they were non-indigenous. Oh my god. Remy. Hang on. You're okay. Okay, sorry. So, parental consent was not sought for indigenous children, but it was sought for the... Oh, sorry. For for indigenous children, but it was not... But it was got... Uh, the, the kids that weren't indigenous kids, their parents were consulted. So, that's just, like, blatant racism. Oh, yeah. Right there. Uh, between 1942 and 1952, malnourished children from six residential schools... Were, put in, were used in experiments without consent or parental notification. They were split into treatment and control groups and denied increases in nutrition, despite the researchers believing malnutrition to be a serious problem in the schools. Oh, as they I were hate used that. to determine whether, yeah, as they were used to determine whether certain combinations of supplements mitigated problems. It's fucked up. Children died, developed anemia, and in some cases were denied dental care previously available to them as they as they developed cavities and gingivitis. They oh. just watched these kids fucking rot. 
It's horrible. Oh, that makes me so mad. And guess who it was run by? The experiment was run by the Department of Indian Affairs of Canada. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. In 2014, the Society released a statement outlining guidelines for community-based participatory research involving Inuit, Matisse, Métis, and uh, First Nation youth. In 2014! That's too long! Yeah. Oh, that makes it me sick. that long. Huh? I said that just makes me sick. Yeah, that's not even the U.S., so hold on to your tits. Mine are too big. <laughs> <laughs> Remy, honey, she's too busy looking at the blue light on my microphone to, to eat. You're very silly. Okay, so let's talk about the U.S. now. Okay. Everyone hold on to your tits. So, since the late 19th century, numerous human experiments were performed in the United States, which were later characterized as unethical. They were often performed illegally, without the knowledge, consent, or informed consent of the test subjects. Yeah, doing something without informed consent is fucked up. It's so bad. I mean, I, so, like, there what? are there are some, like, blind studies, I guess, that, like, you're not breaking ethical standards by telling them one thing. When they're actually doing another, like, I guess, a, a social experiment. I can't really think of a good example right now. But one that was super fucked up that should not have been done was, I guess it was in the in the 50s or 60s. Um, hang on. I might begin to talk about it. So okay. just hold, 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 hang tight for a minute. Okay. Okay. Because th- there's a lot. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. So, examples have included deliberate infection of people with deadly or debilitating diseases. Exposing yeah. people to biological and chemical weapons. Mm-hmm. Human radiation experiments. Injecting people with toxic and radioactive chemicals. Surgical experiments. Interrogation and torture experiments. Mm -hmm. Tests involving mind-altering substances. And a wide variety of others. As if that wasn't enough. That list ends with etc. Like, are you (laughs) kidding me? (laughs) That list ends with etc. It does! Oh my god. That list (laughs) ends with and others. (laughs) That's a list. It's, that's, yeah, that list should have been, oh, God, that list should have ended with a period. All right. (laughs) Many of these tests were performed on children and mentally disabled individuals. Oh, in many, yeah, of course. In many of the studies, a large number of the subjects were poor racial minorities and or prisoners. Yep. Right, but white, but white privilege doesn't exist. Um, so... Often, obviously, that's a sarcastic remark. Don't. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Often subjects were sick or disabled people whose doctors told them that they were receiving, quote, medical treatment. 
They were used as the subjects of harmful and deadly experiments without their knowledge or consent. In reaction to this, interest groups and institutions have worked to design policies and oversight to ensure that future human subject research in the United States would be ethical and legal. Good. Right. But if you go to medical school in another country, then you have to be a janitor when you come here because your, your education couldn't have been as good. Are you fucking kidding me? I hate this country so much sometimes. Okay. <laughs> so during World War II, Fort Detrick in Maryland was the headquarters of the U.S. Biological Warfare Experiments. Operation White Coat involved the injection of, infami- of infectious agents into military forces to observe their effects on human subjects. Yeah. How fucked up is that? Yeah, it's not great. Not great at all. No. Public outcry over the discovery of government experiments on human subjects led to numerous congressional investigations and hearings. At least it did that. Yeah. Um, but only after public outcry. Just, you know, so everyone's aware. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the that's government the experiments. Because well, right. The government was doing it. Yeah. And then, the con- and then Congress had to investigate because people were pissed. Yeah. I feel like, oh, I just feel like that's wrong. That shouldn't happen. Congress should do its job first. Anyway. All right. What do I know, though? Uh, Congress gives um, themselves raises and then spends most of the year on recess. I don't know why you're giving fun? them that much credit. Why? Well, that's true. <laughs> That's true. I fucking My taxpayers pay for their fucking yacht club and scotch of the month. Yeah. All right. These inquiries have not have not resulted in pro- prosecutions. Of course they haven't. Why all, they? Not all sub not all the subjects involved in the trials have been compensated or notified that they were even the subject of such trials. Yeah, it's fucked up. Isn't our government great? Nope. Keep America great. All right. (laughs) Keep America great, y'all. So. That's this is why we always say it's never been great. (laughs) (laughs) How can we keep something great that's never been great? And more importantly, how can we make it great again if it's never been great? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. You fired. Okay, (laughs) so feels good. Feels good. Okay, so in the 1950s and 60s, Chester M. Southam injected... Oh, God, this is bad. Injected, oh. I don't know, H-E-L-A? I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like capital E... No, I don't know. Hella? Hella cancer cells <laughs> into healthy individuals. Hella cancer Cancer cells. patients. Yeah. He injected cancer cells into healthy individuals cancer patients and prison inmates from the Ohio penitentiary. Yikes. This experiment raised many bioethical concerns involving informed consent, non-malfeasance, benefeasance, and some of Southam's subjects, namely those who already had cancer, were unaware that they were being injected with malignant cells. Why would you do this? He was trying to give people cancer. Why? Why? To what end, sir? It's like this guy, my dad was watching some documentary about some dude who's one of the CEOs of Google who's trying to jump out of a out of a plane like while in space. Oh. Or something stupid like that. And I'm like, Josh and I were both like, but 
but why? Uh-huh. Like, is there something we find out at the end of this? Are we trying to do something different? Like, yeah. Are we doing something, testing something for astronauts? Like, what? what's the benefit here? And dad's like, no, he just wants to do it. And I'm like, uh, uh, okay. It's like the person who, like, sets the record for eating the biggest pancake. Like, wh- why? <laughs> <laughs> Notoriety. Because it's fun and delicious? Like, I mean, wh- why? Why do you need that trophy? Sir? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, additionally, one of these patients, this is bad. In one of these patients, the cells metastasized to her lymph nodes. Oh, of course they did. Yeah. What else was he expecting? I don't know. I injected him with cancer and they got cancer. That's so weird. Dumbass. Okay. <laughs> this guy was sick. So in the 19 in 1962, the Kefauver Harris Drug Administration was passed by the United States. This amendment made change amendment, sorry, not administration. A uh, mm-hmm. drug amendment was passed by the United States Congress. This amendment made changes to the F- Federal Food, Drug and Consumer Act. Oh my god. It's just absurd that we had to do this. Human yeah. beings are the worst, you guys. This act made changes by requiring drug companies to prove both safety and effectiveness for their products. Wow. And then we all slapped ourselves in the face. Ugh, Lord. (laughs) Consequently, (laughs) drugs were required to have FDA approval before being marketed to consumers. Before! So I guess they were just putting them out, and then the FDA would be like, sorry, uh, this makes your liver disintegrate. Like, (laughs) no. (laughs) Like, let's not... Oh, God. We have got to stop drug commercials in this country. It's all that's ever on TV, and they're horrible. Yeah. Your doc- you don't ask your doctor about Zimbalta or whatever. You <laughs> ask your doctor about antidepressants, and they prescribe you one. I can't even. Ah! Okay. Though I will say I find drug commercials to be the most hilarious. Anyway. They <clears> are. <throat> If you're constipated and you take this drug, then you can run through a field and be happy while wearing a white dress. <laughs> you can play with your dog in the in the beach. Like, what? And everyone's smiling and everything's in slow motion. It's so dumb. And then the guy's in the background talking really, really fast. And he's like, may cause kidney damage, liver failure, <laughs> bleeding from the eye sockets, mind, I don't know, m- mind melting. <laughs> Serious forms of cancer have formed. Like, what? I can't. But ask your doctor about this. It's like, no, I don't think I will. Thanks. Like, I'm sorry. It sounds like this is poison. (laughs) (laughs) This might be poison. Yeah. All right. Um... Additionally, informed consent became a... (laughs) This is so stupid. It's so stupid that this had to be a law. God, people are awful. Additionally, informed consent. Unfortunately, I know it doesn't surprise me either. Informed consent became a participation requirement, and rules were put into place. This regulation was was influenced. 
By the result. Oh, God, I remember this. We talked about this in science class. This regulation was influenced by the results of 1950 use of thalidomide in Western Europe for pregnant women. Did you hear about this in health class? I didn't hear about this, but I think I was reading about it. They were prescribed the sedative thalidomide, which was inaccurately marketed as a morning sickness treatment. Oh, no. And women gave birth to more than 12,000 infants with deformities due to the effects from the drug in utero. Oh, no. Yeah. How's it feel, thalidomide people? (laughs) Wow. How do you think those doctors felt after that was marketed to them as something safe to give their patients? Oh, they probably felt awful. Um, I bet you a high amount of them you killed ha- themselves. Yeah, it was horrible. I remember seeing they have they had pictures and stuff uh, and on on this video that we were watching about stuff like that. That's why I, and I that kept popping up in my head the entire time I was pregnant, <laughs> which is why I was terrified to take anything but Benadryl and Tylenol while I was pregnant. Yeah. So, okay, here we go. Let's talk about the syphilis experiment. This will... Okay, Black Lives Matter, y'all. Yeah. And um, on behalf of white people, I'm sorry. Like, this is the worst thing and i don't think very many people know about this there is a dollop episode about it i don't know if it's specifically just about this but it is about like a dude who was at least about a dude who was involved it might be about the guy who was in charge of it okay if you want more info about it you can see that i am not going to go into that much detail but this little paragraph is enough to make me want to die so yeah um In the Tuskegee syphilis experiment from 1932 to 1972, yes, you heard how long that was, correctly. Forty years? Forty fucking years. The United States Public Health Service contracted contracted with the Tuskegee Institute for a long-term study of syphilis. You know, syphilis has been around for a really fucking long time. You know what we don't need to study the effects of? Syphilis. In 1932? Fucking syphilis. We know what happens. It went untreated all the way up until penicillin was invented. Because (laughs) we didn't have a way to treat it. Did you just shit? Yeah, she just pooped. (laughs) Okay. Let me finish this, and then we're going to have okay. to take a break. I'm almost done. Okay. So, oh, God, this is so bad. So during the study, more than 600 African-American men were studied who were not told that they had syphilis. You know what? I do remember hearing about this in class. Sorry. It just came rushing back to me. In an effort to better understand the disease, research I never learned about this in school. Never. I learned about the pregnancy drug. Never heard about this until I heard the dollop episode about it. Yeah. Absurd. This absolutely should be taught in schools. This is why people don't understand what white privilege is. Mm -hmm. This is why people don't understand why African-American people have a serious distrust of our government. Yep. And doctors. Okay. Okay. So in an effort to better understand the disease, which we don't need to do. Nope. 
Researchers denied the men access to the known treatment for the, of the antibiotic penicillin. They recorded observations of the effects of the disease over time. Under the impression that they were being treated for quote-unquote bad blood, because this was before the fucking internet, yeah. the participants were given free health care by the government. As ineffective treatment was given to the subjects, two-thirds of the group had died by the end of the 40-year treatment. Oh, really? Holy shit. Two-thirds. Of course they fucking died. People have been dying for sy- from syphilis for thousands of years. Yeah, and you're giving well, we them didn't fake know. medicine. Fuck you. We didn't know that syphilis kills people. Fuck you. And because they didn't know they had syphilis, guess what they were doing? Oh, they were spreading it. Fucking spreading syphilis. It's a great th- way to do population control, I guess. Yeah. Fucking racist motherfuckers. A leak in the night. And guess guess what? The government fucking knew about this. Guess what stopped it? Public outrage. Yep. A goddamn reporter. They pretty much always have to. Reporters always have to come to the rescue. <laughs> Absolutely. A leak in 1972 led to the cessation of the the study and severe legal ramifications. It has been widely regarded as the most infamous biomedical research study in in U.S. history. Because of the public outrage, outrage, in 1974, Congress passed the National Research Act to provide for the protection of human subjects in experiments. The National Commission for the Protection of Human Subjects of Biomedical and Behavior Research was established, and it was tasked with, with establishing the boundary between research and routine practice. The role of risk-benefit analysis, guidelines for participation, and the definition of conformed, of informed consent. And yeah. then we dropped the fucking mic. Absurd. Yeah. This is disgusting, guys. It's it, so <laughs> disgusting. Which is why I wanted to talk and about so it. And I'm so mad. It, because... <laughs> This can happen. This happened in our country. It is probably still happening in our country. That's why we don't need fucking racist statues of Confederate soldiers around our goddamn country. This is why black people are protesting in the streets because we've been fucking murdering them. Yeah. Not just in the police force. The government has been murdering them. Yeah. They don't trust the system. Why would they? Yeah. It is built around keeping about around their oppression. We have got to start from the ground up. Soapbox moment ended. Okay, let's talk about MK Ultra. Okay. So <laughs> this is the one that I knew the most about and also knew nothing about because it's so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone doesn't know, the Unabomber, uh, Ted Kaczynski, was actually um, of one of the victims of this. So, Oh, wow. This was done on, like, college students and all kinds of people. So, without them knowing what was going on. It was, it was so fucked up. Okay, so, yeah. MKUltra, sometimes referred to as the CIA's mind control program, was the code name given to an illegal program of experiments on human subjects. 
Designed and under... <laughs> she just wants to talk to you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, so it was designed and undertaken by the CIA. Experiments on humans were intended to identify and develop drugs and procedures to be used in interrogations and torture. Exactly what we fucking need. Yeah. In order to weaken the individual to force confessions through mind control. Force confessions. I hate I'm just this. letting that phrase sink in for a second. Yeah. Not great. Forced confessions are illegal and inadmissible. Yeah. <laughs> just so everyone knows, they are used to frame people who are marginalized by their race, by their socioeconomic status. And by their mental capacity. By their mental capacity. And it's a way for the fucking police to check, to check a case off their list and move on with their day instead of actually finding the perpetrator. It's yeah. fucked up. It's so fucked up. And the CIA was trying to make this easier for them. <laughs> <laughs> Organized through the Scientific Intelligence Division of the CIA, the project coordinated with the Special Operations Divi Division of the U.S. Army's Chemical Corps. Corps. The program began in the early 1950s, was officially sanctioned in 53, and was reduced in scope in 1964. Cur further curtailed in 1967 and officially halted in 1973. Too long! Yeah. <laughs> the program engaged in many illegal activities. In particular, it used unwitting U.S. and Canadian citizens as its test subjects. Um, so... MK Ultra used methodologies to manipulate people's mental states and alter brain functions, including the surreptitious administration of drugs, particularly LSD, and other chemicals, hypnosis. God damn it, Remy, stop! Hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, as well as various forms of torture. So they would give someone LSD, they would find whatever their button push... So what they showed, if you watch the Manhunt Unabomber miniseries, yeah. and I don't know how accurate this is, but what they showed was they would find something that made you vulnerable, and then they would like strap you in a chair and yell at you about what a horrible person you were, and basically break you down. Oh my god. To where you would just accept accept truths, which is what cults do. It's what cults do. They yeah. break you down mentally and then they rebuild you. Yep. They tell you that they have all state. the answers. Exactly. No, no, no. I'm the only one that knows how to fix you. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I'm going to recruit all these kids who are super gifted and super smart and then I'm going to break them down completely and see how what it takes to get them to be totally compliant to me it's yep. horrible it's so traumatic they give them these different drugs to force them to hallucinate it's it was awful it was awful yeah it's awful and again a lot of them were were college students and they were like participate you know how like you you can get extra credit if you go participate in a psychology study or you like can get money from some yeah, people. you can get paid for him too. But yeah. for one of them, it was like he was like this real like for Ted Kaczynski's. It was like this real prestigious professor, and he like gave everyone this test, and then the people that gave the answers that he was for of qualities that he was looking for, 
he pretended like it was going to be this like study group where they got extra attention and it was this wow yeah sickening yeah which is why ted had such an part of why ted had such an ab like an abhorrence for technology and stuff was because of the trauma partially because of the trauma that he'd been through now there were plenty of other people that went through this and that didn't bomb people yeah so (laughs) there he clearly had some other issues going on but this didn't help yeah is what i'm saying he already had sociopathic tendencies and things and then this made it worse yeah and compounded his already awful issues See, if he hadn't been experimented on like that, he probably wouldn't have done something that bad. Well, he was incredibly intelligent. Yeah. He would have probably used his intelligence for good. There are plenty of high-functioning sociopaths that are scientists, who Mm -hmm. are, you know, medical professionals that make incredible discoveries, and that you can use that to your advantage. And sometimes it helps to not care and be be emotionally detached. Yeah, yeah. It's not great for your social relationships, but it can be fantastic for your career, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I Right? <laughs> so, I mean, corporate America encourages it. Yeah. Anyway, but I, I think that's enough to be getting on with. But um, yeah, that it, it's it, it's bad practice. It, it's not telling people things and and doing things to them. And not all of them have any kind of benefit. Yeah. So... Fun times. Sounds like it. Woop woop. All right, let's take a very quick break. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Hi, everybody. We're back. Hello. So, um, is somebody upset or is she just talking? She's upset because she wants to put her toy lettuce in her mouth and it's attached to a blanket. Oh, I see. Yes, so... Hang on. <laughs> Continue, but... Okay. Y- you Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so, I am going to talk to you guys a little bit about Operation Sea Spray. Um, but before I do that, I want to talk... Ab- uh, Carrie already talked about MK Ultra, so I wanted to do one that, like, wasn't super well-known, I guess. Um, I learned about these things happening... In my first sociology class ever. And it made me want to continue doing sociology. uh, Just because I was so... Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I was so fascinated. Um, uh, I mean, it was was really a wake-up call for me. Because I grew up um, very sheltered. And I just... I had no idea... That the government could do things like this. I had no idea that this happened. And I was yeah, just... Yeah, if anyone's got rose-colored glasses on about this country... Yeah. Hopefully this is a wake-up call. <laughs> Take them off. <laughs> well, like, I was already kind of, like, shaking. Because this was near the end of that class. But, like, it re- this was really what sealed it for me. Um... And I don't know, I was just, I was so fascinated by it. So, like, weirdly fascinated. And, um, so that's why this one's just kind of really fun for me. I didn't find the exact one that I wanted to talk about, but I wasn't about to pull out that textbook and, like, read from the textbook to you guys, because it's not, (laughs) um... 
Why? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> however, I was looking through the Wikipedia article, which is really fun to like look through and click through. Um, if you guys are interested, un- unethical human experimentation, it goes from like early 1900s till very recent. Uh, so you can see all the shit that the government's done. Um, I don't think I'll look at that. <laughs> if you're Today's not, toe dip yeah. was enough for me. <laughs> if you're not as fascinated by this as I am, probably not a good idea. Or if you're just Let's paranoid just, and it, scared, don't do like, it. Sometimes I feel guilty because I'm like not someone who just like wants to have the American flag outside my house all the time or, yeah. you know. I don't particularly feel super patriotic all the time. I do consider myself lucky to have been born into this country where we do have a lot of freedoms and, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's not that bad of a lot, you know, as far as, you know, the, the chance, the cart, the hand that I've been dealt in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't complain where complaints aren't due, mm-hmm. but also I am not a live, like live for your diehard American. Like, yeah. Our, our country's kind of shitty and has done a lot of shitty things to its citizens over the years, particularly to marginalized people, indigenous and racial minorities. Like, it is absurdly terrible. Yeah. So, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah, no, I agree. Everything is with a grain of salt. Everything is done, you know, with lots of questions. It's just... I just can't. It's I've got friends that just moved out here and they had there was this giant flagpole in the front yard and they were like, yeah, that was the first thing to go. Yeah. <laughs> and there were bullet holes in their walls, y'all. Oh, like, yikes. This was the house that Meth built and it had this huge like full-size flagpole in the front yard and they were like, yeah, that was immediately gone. <laughs> yeah, don't blame them. That was the first thing to go and then we tore out the drywall that, <laughs> that was filled with bullet holes and Holes that looked like someone had kicked in the wall. It was bad. It was oh. a bad house. It's gorgeous now. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, on that note, um, I was... Sorry. I was looking, no, you're okay. <laughs> um, I was looking through this list, and I happened upon this fancy little paragraph. And if you guys have been listening to us, like, in order, uh, you've heard us talk a little bit about Scientology. So, yes, the same. Oh, my God, you guys, we talked about the vow. We talked about Scientology. There is a Scientology podcast called Fair Game. And Mark from Nexium from the vow is on one of the episodes. And my brain exploded from the crossover. Wasn't he fantastic? It was the best episode of the entire show. Yeah. I just want him to be on there all the time. Yes. I want him to be the third (laughs) co-host. Uh, I'm I'm sure they'll awesome. have him on there again. I'm sure they I will. I hope so. Um, did have you listened to the Paulette Cooper one yet? Oh yeah, wasn't that crazy? Yeah, yep. But people don't know what we're talking about, so but, let's continue. <laughs> but everyone, listen to it. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. It's, it's only they like framed her. Yeah, they tried to frame her for like bomb threats and shit because she and she wasn't even a Scientologist. She was a reporter. Yeah, she was a journalist. Mm-hmm. Who exposed the truth about their cult, and then they tried to frame her mm-hmm. as a bomb threat person. I don't know what you call that. A bomber. 
Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, she's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a fantastic. And she's a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a fantastic show. It's only got like 24 episodes right now. Um, but there's I'm, an entire series on Netflix yeah. called Scientology in the Aftermath. It's three seasons long mm-hmm. you, if you can't get enough. Yeah. I couldn't get enough so I went looking for their podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I couldn't get enough either. So anyway, I came across this lovely little paragraph. Um, the San Francisco Chronicle, December 17th, 1779, page 5, reported a claim by the Church of Scientology that the CIA conducted an open-air biological warfare experiment in 1955 near Tampa, Florida, and elsewhere in Florida with whooping cough bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, it was alleged that the experiment tripled the whooping cough infections in Florida to over 1,000 cases and caused whooping cough deaths in the state to increase from 1 to 12 over the previous year. This claim has what been What the fuck? This claim has been cited in a number of later sources, although these added no further supporting evidence. So, uh this happened in the 1970s. Um that was when they Wait, were Wait, ta- so was it real? No. This is obviously a fair game against the CIA. Oh, okay. I was going to say yeah. Scientology reported it and there's no claims? No. Okay. Yeah, this is fake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what so that's what I'm getting at. We should at. probably ex- explain a little bit about what fair game is. Is that what you're going to do? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, Yay. <laughs> so Scientology makes these baseless claims about anyone and everything that they can. Anyone who, um, my goodness, she's loud. Um, <laughs> uh, anyone who has anyone or any organization that has brought any kind of um, light on their activities. If they have spoken out against their church, uh, they come after you. They come after you loudly, and they make up as much shit as they want. They'll call you a bomber. They'll tell you that the CIA is apparently um, conducting biological warfare against the Florida citizens. Um, They'll... Hire private investigators to harass you outside your home and go through your trash and move in across the street from you. Or move in with you. Yes, or move in as as your roommate, befriend you, and report all of your actions back to the church. Yeah. Um, they will... So crazy. They will tap your phones. They will, um, put cameras outside your home. They... It is insane. Uh, and they do and all this. And it's just people, with- like, going to the grocery store. Like, mm-hmm. what do they think you're doing? They do. Why all- Why spend this time? It's all fear tactics. Yeah. And it's all done with uh, tax-free money. So. Yep. Um, because I- they're, quote, unquote, a church. Yeah. But a church should do charitable things. Mm-hmm. And nothing in Scientology is free. And nothing in Scientology is charitable. Yep. Uh, so, harass the people in office in your state, uh, the ones that are going to Congress. Tell them, hey, I don't want to pay my taxes if they're going to the Church of Scientology. Exactly. Who has $3 billion, by the way. And got, and got three... Extorted from their parishioners. Yeah. 
And they got three loans from the government that were supposed to be for small businesses. They got three of them during the coronavirus. That blew my fucking mind. Yeah. And by the way, according to the IRS, they are a church, Mm -hmm. not a business. Yeah. Churches did not get handouts. Mm Mm-hmm. In order to qualify as a church, you cannot qualify as a business. So how the fuck did that get through? Guess how? They fair-gamed the fucking IRS until they got tax-exempt status. Exactly. And the IRS won't fucking revoke it because they don't want to put up with it anymore. Yep. They were harassing the employees personally, yeah, because, not just the organization, and flooding the system. Yeah, you can't, um, according to L. Ron Hubbard, you can't uh, fair-game the organization, but you can fair-game the individuals so you should fair game the individuals yeah it's always attack never defend yeah and i'm also gonna add l ron hubbard was a science fiction writer that's what he was before he started and, all this shit and he was a money hungry piece of shit yes so it does not surprise me at all that his claim, that he put together this claim that the CIA conducted biological warfare. I'm a little surprised they went after the CIA when the FBI is the one that busted them. Because this is around the time where they got busted for the whole situation with Paulette Cooper. That this yeah. was reported. Well, it wasn't for that. It was yeah. for something else. And they happened yeah. to find evidence that they had framed her in the raid. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank God. Um, uh, but so there's a whole division of Scientology that's devoted to this. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. And that's what got raided. Yeah. It's super fucking fascinating. Highly recommend going and watching that show, listening to the podcast. Uh, I just thought it was funny that they happened to pop up in this when I was, uh, looking for, uh, something to do. Um. Because it's everywhere. Yeah. It, it is everywhere. It's in everything. Um. And also, if you're a celebrity in Scientology, you can kindly go fuck yourself. I won't be supporting any of your movies or TV shows or anything that you're in. Until you wake up. Yeah. Until you wake up. And you know what? Especially if you're John Travolta and and someone tells you about the abuses that are going on inside of your church and your response is, I don't care. Yeah. It's helped me. Fuck you. There are children being abused and starved and forced to eat raw ramen noodles Mm -hmm. in work camps for your fucking three billion dollar a year church you can call them concentration camps because that's exactly what they are yep and you know what every single one of those fucking celebrities is awake and you don't care you yep you cannot be a celebrity in scientology and not be awake sorry no they don't watch stuff they don't look at stuff. There were so many interviews where they were like, did you watch Leah Remini in the aftermath? And they were like, nah, not interested. They don't watch it. Because if you conf- if you look it up and, if you, can- and if, you- if you look stuff up and you watch stuff, then you have to confess it to your auditor. And then you have to pay thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars for auditing sessions because yeah. you've sinned. Yeah. So not all of them are, I don't think. But it's not good. Yeah. I, I just... Leah, she talks in one of her episodes, in one of the Aftermath uh, podcast episodes, and she said, had I not paid a million dollars 
to get into Tom Cruise's close circle, I wouldn't have started questioning things. So if yeah. they're in Tom Cruise's circle, they're awake. Because well, that's, that's when you start questioning things. And I I find it really hard to believe that some of the ones that are higher, like Elizabeth Moss, um, the girl who plays Donna in that 70s show. Laura um, Prepon. Yeah. I, I kind of Even find it hard Scientology to- is insanely homophobic, and yeah. she plays a gay person mm-hmm. on Orange is the New Black. Yeah. I find it kind of hard to believe that they don't know just but that's just because i'm very jaded and i like i've listened to leah talk about her experience they have as been a programmed i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt yeah it's very very hard to see things when you're in it yeah and i i know that tom I'm cruise just, can go fuck himself though. yeah he was almost out yeah and he's and he he's and, he and David. He and the leader are sucking dicks, so yeah. they can kindly go fuck off. Yeah. I'm sorry. It just enrages me so much. I just don't want to give any of those I know, celebrities the benefit of the doubt. Because they have the money <laughs> to get out. They have the money. They have the means to get out. And right, they're not. they don't want to. No. It's their religion. It's all they've ever known, honey. Yeah. <laughs> it's very hard. I know. I see both sides. I see both sides. I'm sorry. I'm going to devil's advocate a little bit. I see both sides. I listened to Mark talk today. He ma- he softened my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. It just, it drives me insane. Um, I got really fired up about that. Sorry, y'all. That's not at all what we're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, you did. But, <laughs> uh, but it, it did, it came up. And, because uh, of course it did. But uh, in 1950... In order to conduct a simulation of a biological warfare attack, the U.S. Navy sprayed large quantities of the bacteria Serratia mar- marcescens. I don't know how to say yeah, it. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. Um, considered harmless at the time over the city of San Francisco during a project called Operation Sea Spray. Then why Why do it? If it was considered harmless, then why are you doing it? Exactly. That's my question. Like, to what end? Why inject people with cancer cells and then be like, oh, weird, I gave them cancer. Fuck <laughs> off. Um, so I think what they were trying to do was to see how quickly it would spread. Because oh they, God. they it thought... It spread so fast. Yeah, they thought it was... <laughs> they quote-unquote thought it was harmless, but they wanted to use that to see how quickly it would spread. So, from September 20th to 27th, 1950, the U.S. Navy released the pathogens off the shore of San Francisco. And didn't tell anyone. Nope. Based on results from monitoring equipment at 43 locations around the city, the Army determined that San Francisco had received received enough of a dose for nearly all of the city's 800,000 residents to inhale at least 5,000 of the particles. Oh my god! Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so on October 11th, so- How do you sleep at night? Like, that's my question. How do you sleep at night? I, what I'm the sure fuck? the people that ordered this were probably psychopaths or sociopaths or whatever. Had to have been. They had to have been, yeah. Um. Uh, so far up their God complex's ass. Like, mm-hmm. what- 
gives you the right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, on October 11th, 1950, 11 residents checked into Stanford Hospital for a very <laughs> Sorry, rare... I just had a flash of Michael Scott at Toby's exit interview. Who do you think you are? <laughs> what gives you the right? <laughs> Who thought it would be hilarious to give Toby a rock for his going away present? You did. You did. <laughs> you made me wrap it. <laughs> I thought it was over the line. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dwight. He does not understand when to... (laughs) You made me wrap it. Oh, I love him. (laughs) I thought it was over the light. (laughs) Oh, Michael. I... I Your watch? (laughs) I use that tone with my mother. I don't know... I, oh, I use it all the time. <laughs> on my twenty um my twenty second birthday. Yeah, my twenty second birthday. She was she was going around telling everybody I was turning twenty three and she told me to my face she's like, I just can't believe you're twenty three and I looked her at I looked at her, I said, How old am I? I'm not <laughs> <laughs> And she, That's probably why you can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> she said, you're 23. I said, oh, Karen. <laughs> Not oh, Karen. <laughs> oh, Michael. <laughs> My, it, isn't that what they say when he hits Meredith, what, she, what Pam says when he, he hits Meredith with the car? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and who was driving? Oh, Michael. <laughs> You hit a woman with your car this morning. Everyone inside Everyone the car inside was fine. Everyone inside the car was fine. Stanley. <laughs> and Jim just has this look on his face like, I mean, he's got a point. Like, <laughs> Yeah, true. Uh, um, okay, so. 11 Sorry, rides. this is terrible. We have, okay. to take, <laughs> we have to take some comedy breaks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I got ice cream in the middle of all that, and I'm very excited. Nice. Um, I might get ice cream when we're done. Yeah, Mom ordered me some from Brewster's. I'm very excited about Yum. it. Um, so, on October 11th, 1950, 11 residents checked into Stanford Hospital for very rare, serious urinary tract, inf- urinary tract infections. I can't talk. Ah! Although 10 residents recovered, one patient, Edward J. Nevin, died three weeks later. No! He's important. I've got another... I'm just reading, like, a little bit about the illnesses, but I've got an article about government testing um, that focuses on his case. Um, Oh, my God. None of the other hospitals in the city reported similar spikes in cases, and all 11 victims had urinary tract infections following medical procedures, suggesting that the source of their infections lay inside the hospital. (gasps) Cases of pneumonia in San Francisco also increased after um, this chemical agent was released, though a casual relation has not been conclusively established. The bacterium was also combined with phenol and an anthrax stimulant and sprayed across South Dorset by U.S. and U.K. military scientists as part of the DICE trials that ran from 1971 to 1975. I have no idea what those are. I don't either. I don't want to know. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but the urinary tract outbreak was so unusual that the Stanford doctors wrote it up for a medical journal. Yeah, that's super weird. Yeah. Um, there was no evidence that the army had alerted. Also, if anyone has ever had a UTI, I would rather fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was no evidence that the army had alerted health authorities before it blanketed the region with bacteria. If you're not at least going to tell the residents of the city, you need to at least tell the health authorities. So that they know what they're dealing with. If people come in with weird shit. Um, Ugh. I, yeah, if you're going to be a total asshole, be a little less of one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not advocating that they do this. And I'm not, not. I'm not saying that they would even tell the health authorities. But I think that you maybe should. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if they do, the health authorities are going to say, what the fuck? No. Yeah. <laughs> Don't! <laughs> Why? We don't need to know this! Or they could do it and then tell the health authorities if they're oh worried my God, about them Kay. telling them no, not to. No, it's not better. I, it's not better. I know it's not None better. None of it's better. I know, <laughs> I know that there is no good situation there, but I'm just saying. You have people sign up for a trial. Yeah. Or you experiment on dead things. Like, no. You can ex- you can see tons of the way things react in a Petri dish. You don't need to ruin someone's life and kill people. Yeah. We don't need to do that anymore. Um. Ugh. Ugh. So, <laughs> uh, they didn't alert health authorities. Um. Oh, and if God. you want to see how disease travels, fucking look outside right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doctors later wondered whether the experiment by- might be responsible for heart valve infections around the same time, as well as serious oh infections gosh. seen among in- intravenous drug users in the 1960s and 70s. Um, this did result in Senate subcommittee I hearings. I reached the end of my water, by the way. I didn't fart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this did result in more in hearings about it in 1977, um, because the U.S. Army had to disclose the existence of the test. Finally, um, wow! And the Army revealed that there were one, two, three, four, five, six different similar tests that were done. So, if you're interested in that. Highly recommend going to this Wikipedia page if oh you're ever, God. if you ever have some time and want to go down a rabbit hole, you can go do this. Um, wow. It started in, like, they went from 1949 all the way up to 1965 that they're revealing shit from. So, uh, the, the meat Make and bones. Make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> the meat and bones of this episode are right here, though. This is from Priceonomics.com. And this doesn't have an author that I see. Um, So just, it's it's owned by the page, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) the slogan here is, In Data We Trust. Um, Oh. Which is interesting, yeah. Um, So how... I like it. Yeah, me too. Um... How the U.S. government tested biological warfare on America. 
As leaves turned red and as San Francisco segued into the smoky autumn of 1950, Edward Nevin lay dying in a hospital bed. A rare bacteria had entered his urinary tract, made its way through his bloodstream, and clung to his heart, a bacteria that had never been seen in the hospital's history. I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Uh, Before researchers could hypothesize the bacteria's root cause, ten more patients were admitted with the same infection. Doctors were baffled. How could have this microbe presented itself? Uh, For nearly 30 years, the incident remained a secret, until Edward Nevin's grandson set out to bring about justice. What ensued was a series of terrifying revelations. For two decades, the United States government had intentionally doused 293 populated areas with bacteria. They'd done this with secrecy. They'd done this without informing citizens of potentially dangerous exposure. They'd done this without taking precautions to protect the public's health and safety, and with no medical follow-up. And it had all started in 1950 with the spraying of San Francisco. Wow. Um, Biological warfare, or germ warfare, is the use of biological toxins or infectious agents, uh, like bacteria, viruses, and fungi, with the intent to kill or incapacitate humans. Historically, the United States' involvement in bacterial weaponry has been driven by competition and paranoia. Paranoia is a powerful driving force. Um, In 1918, toward the tail end of World War I, the government briefly experimented with uh, ricin, a deadly natural plant protein, and the Chemical Warfare Service, CWS, was formed to oversee research and development. With the signing of the Geneva Protocol in 1925, which prohibited the use of biological and chemical weapons in international warfare, the U.S. government's interest waned. Until the 1940s, biological weapons were largely considered impractical. Shortly after Pearl Harbor... Yeah, they're just awful. Yeah. Shortly after Pearl Harbor, the U.S. changed its mind. you've You've still never watched Downton, have you? No... I need Ugh, to. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Yes, it's soothing and beautiful. There are no high stakes. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I promise. Anyway, I mean, it, aside from just, like, you know, interpersonal drama occasionally. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. Um. Anyway, it's ex- also exactly what you need. Anyway, <laughs> so, like, you go through a little bit of World War One because you have to see, you know, how the war changes every every aspect of life basically yeah and um they my god just looking at how people were in the trenches and the mustard gas and all that you know that was when they did the the gassing and all that shit and it's just yeah awful like why it's not enough to just shoot at each other you have to like blind people and like fry their skin and shit like what are you you don't see any of that it's just talked about but like oh my god Biological yeah, warfare is fucking awful. It is. Um, so shortly after Pearl Harbor, the U.S. changed its mind. Because, of course, it did. Um, in 1942, President Roosevelt signed into action the first biological warfare program. Backed by the National Academy of Sciences, the initiative sought to develop biological weapons and explore vulnerability of the U.S. to such attacks. 
a government body, the War Research Service, was created to oversee these activities. And George W. Merck of the Merck Pharmaceutical Company was appointed to leadership. At his team's directive, Fort Detrick, the United States Biological Warfare Headquarters, was constructed in the small town of Frederick, Maryland. Um, the facility then embarked on a top-secret plan to stage open-air biological warfare tests using the unsuspecting American public. Uh, so this has been going on since the 1940s, 1942. Um, not that long ago, really. People are still alive that were born in 1942. Um, yes, they are. So, I'm going to skip a little bit of this. Um, the death of Edward Nevin. A month prior to the Army's tests, a 75-year-old man named Edward Nevin checked into a San Francisco hospital to undergo a prostate gland surgery. The procedure oh went God. well. Mm -hmm. It went well. And after a month in the facility, he was on his way to recovery. Then, on September 29th, two days after the Army's test... Nevin fell, um, they didn't. Fell ill? Well, they said fell Did contracted. Did they their sentence? They said Nevin fell, fell contracted. contracted? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not correct. Nevin contracted a <laughs> urinary tract infection and fell gravely ill. <laughs> oh, I see what they were trying to do there. Um. Right. When the man's urine culture came back, it con it contained the agent that they sent out, a bacteria that had not once been documented in the hospital's long history. So they tried to blame it on the hospital, but they couldn't do wow. that because it's never been in the hospital before this. Right. Um, in mid-October, the bacteria spread to Nevin's heart and he died. Um, oh my god. Can you imagine a urinary tract infection going to your heart? No. Oh. Didn't even know that was a thing. No, I hate it. Thank this. you for the nightmares. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> uh, so over six months, ten more people came in with the same weird bacteria. Uh, and the medical paper that was published after that did not go unnoticed. When the government read it and realized that they'd caused a bacterial outbreak, they reeled to cover their tracks. Um. Wow. Yeah. Throughout, um, there was an investigation done. Um, in a two-page report, the investigators admitted that the b bacteria was not an ideal simulant, and mused that the likelihood it had killed Nevin was considerable. Despite this, they proceeded to justify its continued use in biological tests. On the basis of our study, we conclude that um. Uh, whatever the fuck its name is, I'm not going to try that again, is so rarely a cause of illness, and the illness resulting is predominantly so trivial that its use as a simulant should be continued, even overpopulated areas. Throughout the report, investigators show little remorse for the infected civilians. General Cre uh, Creasy was equally unfazed. In a follow-up with Army officials, he promised to consult with the U.S. Public Health Service regarding the safety of it, but he never did. And all the while, the public remained completely in the dark about what was going on. So for 25 years, the government's involvement in biological warfare testing and its use of civilians as unwitting guinea pigs remained top secret. 
It's a secret that likely would have gone on indefinitely if not for the efforts of a a savvy Newsweek reporter named Drew Featherson. In November 1976, Featherson exposed a number of biological tests performed in major cities by the Army and the CIA. Uh, Using his research, the San Francisco Chronicle uncovered the bacteria spraying that occurred in its streets in 1950. So, Edward Nevin III, a young lawyer in San Francisco, was waiting for a train in nearby Berkeley when he read the news. When he skimmed the name of the man who died from the bacteria, Edward Nevin, he reeled in shock. Good heavens, he muttered, that's my grandfather. What? Yeah. Um... Growing up, he'd always been told that his father's father had died from kidney disease. Now that he knew the bitter truth, he felt a need to exact revenge in the form of justice. Um, Nevin wrote the government demanding access to cases-related documents, and his request was denied. Through the Freedom of Information Act, though the Freedom of Information Act had just been enacted, the government maintained that all files were classified, despite the fact that the media had already exposed the incident. In turn... Ooh, this is weird. Yeah. In this t- shit stinks. <laughs> it stinks, I tell ya. It does. <laughs> um, in turn, Nevin sued the government to the tune of $11 million. Our, wow! Our motive is to obtain information, he told a group of reporters who'd asked about the high amount. Would you fellows have paid attention if the claim were for only a few thousand? Um, (laughs) the government tried to dismiss the case on the grounds that they were immune from lawsuits involving basic policy but the request was denied Samuel Conti, a federal judge was appointed to preside over the trial and a date was set for mid-1977 in light of this news the government decided it was best to relinquish some of its information (laughs) in February 1977 you think? yeah maybe An extensive history. I feel like they might be a little bit embarrassed by something that's in the documents. Yeah, maybe. Just maybe. They're going to get caught with their pants down. They absolutely are. Um. So, in February 1977, an extensive history... U.S. Army Activity in the U.S. Biological Warfare Program, 1942-1977, was released, chronicling the country's involvement in open-air testing for the first time in history. Um, From March to May of 1977, a series of hearings commenced in the Senate Subcommittee on Health and Scientific Research. So we talked about those. Um, So... A copy of the full hearing transcript, all 300 pages, can be accessed by clicking the image below. So if you're interested, you can go on here and click through and read these transcripts. Um, Meanwhile... No, we're not going to read transcripts. No, I'm not (laughs) reading 300 pages of transcripts. Um, No, please don't. No, (laughs) we don't have the time. Um, No, or the energy. No. Meanwhile, Nevin III's trial was postponed or rescheduled a half dozen times from 1977 to 1980. By the the time a trial was set in stone for March 16, 1981, he'd already spent some $60,000 on legal fees and was mentally and emotionally drained. Nonetheless, he found solace in the case's stipulations. 
to win, all he'd have to do is show that there was a probability, or greater than a 50% chance, that the army's germs were responsible for his grandfather's demise. And as a lawyer, he'd have the opportunity to to defend his own family in court. Wow, that's so cool. Mm Mm-hmm. This guy's a badass. Where's this movie? (laughs) Right? Um, we've been... I watched the shit out of this. Yeah, same. Um... As the trial began, the evidence seemed to be overwhelmingly in his favor. Um, On September 26th and 27th, the government had sprayed the city. On September 29th, um, this chemical showed up in his grandfather's system and directly led to his death. We've been nothing but loyal to this country, Nevin told Judge Conti in his opening statement, and we feel betrayed. His argument was threefold. The bacteria... Well, fuck yeah, you feel betrayed. Yeah. Um, his argument was threefold. The bacteria sprayed by the government directly caused his grandfather's death. The army used it despite inadequate testing, and since they'd sprayed it without consent, it had been an act of negligence. He questioned the legality of these actions. On what basis of law does the U.S. government of the United States justify the dispersion of a large collection of bacteria over the civilian population in an experiment without informed consent? Yes! Um, yes, King. (laughs) Right? And then, uh, John Kern, the sharp, respected attorney representing the government, denied all of these allegations, and he also attested that the army need no permission to spray the public without consent or knowledge. The federal- I'm sorry? Mm Mm-hmm. Sir! Mm Mm-hmm. Thou art on the wrong side of history. (laughs) He is. Um... What? The army doesn't need consent to spray its citizens with stuff that could make them sick. Yeah. Uh, this guy is an asshole. In what universe does that make any <laughs> sense? It does not. <laughs> um. No, it doesn't. Was this in front of a jury? Because I'm sure they were like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> I... I have no idea. Um, I just, apparently... I'm sure they were all like, no, 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 we don't vote for this guy. <laughs> no, no. Nope. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> well, Not on his side. <laughs> well, it was going in Nevin's favor for a while. But when it came time to cross-examine military officials, the case suddenly took a jarring turn. Oh, God. Uh, When the government trotted out a witness in uniform, it was all over. After telling Nevin III that he was wasting his time, the general proceeded to defend the ethics of spraying people without their knowledge. I would find it completely impossible to to conduct such a test trying to obtain informed consent. I could not have hoped to prevent panic in the uninformed world in which we live in telling them that we were going to spread non-pathogenic particles over their community. 99% But why did you need to do it? Mm -hmm. 99% of If it was non-pathogenic, then why did you do it? Yeah. There was no point. What were you trying to see? Yeah. Um. I just want to see who gets a UTI. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, During the cross-examination, Judge Conti continually denied Nevin III's reasoning and even berated him for his lack of respect toward military officials. 
After several interruptions, Judge Conti... I'm sorry. Just because you're in the military does not mean you get my respect. If you are a good fucking person, you get my respect. Yep. Fuck off, Judge. Yep. Um, After several interruptions, Judge Conti altogether halted the questioning and called a recess. Out in the hallway, a belligerent General Creasy unsuccessfully challenged Nevin III to a fist fight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he won. It, I don't. I don't think it happened. Uh, uh, oh, I think Nevin the Third was like, "Fuck you!" Like, I don't want to. I thought fight the lawyer you. punched the general in the face, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, get him!" <laughs> he should. Fuck have. this general. He sucks. Uh huh. Um, he's totally the guy in Jurassic Park that's trying to make the. Who thinks he can use? Who thinks he can use raptors in the military? Yeah. Um. Dumbass. Why? Because we can. Fuck you. No. It's not a reason to do things. Well, you're about to be more upset. Um, I don't like it. The judge. <laughs> the judge ruled in favor of the government on May twentieth, nineteen. Of course he fucking did. He was clearly a weird radical. Make America great fucking dickhead well apparently he wasn't the only one um well no of course he's not the only one (laughs) yeah uh for nevin the third this was not easy to swallow he appealed but the u.s court of appeals did not overturn the verdict he appealed again this time to the supreme court and guess what received a similar response um wow so justice was not served anywhere his family how i don't know if i had half the confidence of a middle-aged white man <laughs> i could fucking rule the goddamn world <laughs> yeah i could there would be nothing that i couldn't do yeah same fuck all of these fucking judges these are probably the same people that were these are probably what was she wearing judges yeah. And gay people live a high risk lifestyle judges and fuck these guys. When was this? The seventies still? Eighty one. Yeah, this the eighties can go fuck themselves. All of them. The whole of it. The whole decade. Have you listened? It's great that we got Pac Man and like, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. But in general, the justice system from the eighties can go fuck itself yeah. royally in the ass. Have you listened or watched uh, What the Constitution Means to Me on Amazon Prime yet? No, not yet. It's in my list. I haven't gotten to it yet. You absolutely should. Um, and everybody else absolutely should, too, if you want to hear more about, like, the craziness that is what's in the Constitution and how it's picked apart. And um, I like it. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, one... I couldn't for a while either. Yeah. I just needed to not have anything political happening around me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. Um, it was... Head in the sand. <laughs> Head is in the sand. <laughs> it, it was fantastic. It's about... Um, it's this woman. She talks about abortion. She talks about women being abused. Um, and she... She said something that was just so powerful to me, and it was, um, you have a constitutional right to not be harmed. Like, 
in the 14th Amendment, you have a constitutional right to not be abused, to not be hurt so in then, any way. And what the fuck yeah. is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sir, if the army can dump shit on us without our knowledge or consent, then how is that fucking constitutional? Mm-hmm. I have the right to not be harmed. Okay, that means we all have to fi- follow the public safety health shit, too. Mm-hmm. That means you have to wear your goddamn mask. Yep. Because you could harm me. If you decide that you want to get sick, that is on you. That's like that fucking commercial that's in the uh, the Scientology podcast. You can, deci- you can decide that you want to take the risk and get sick, but you don't know that you'll get sick, and you don't know if you do get sick, who you'll infect, and you don't know if, the- if that person might die. So fucking put your mask on. God damn it. Exactly. I want that on a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. What is it? The 14th Amendment? Yeah. I have the right to not be harmed. Yeah. So tell me that wearing a mask is unconstitutional. Please. <laughs> please. Please. <laughs> just please. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> that's my segment. Uh, I know it was Yay! a little longer today. But... I, I it was good. Yeah. It was good. Oh, thanks. Jesus. It was depressing <laughs> as fuck, but it was great. <laughs> thanks. I want to punch that judge in the nose. Me too. <laughs> you even upset the child. We're getting very fussy now. Okay, so let's play a game. Okay. I think it's your turn to go first. I think it is too. Okay, so this is our game by Drunk Stoner Stupid called um, If You Had To. And it's Kay's turn to go first, so it's basically Would You Rather. So if you had to, would you? Hunt and publicly kill baby seals for sport. Oh my god, you monster! (laughs) Hey, I'm not the one that pulled it. You sent it. (laughs) Or, oh, mine's not much better. Oh, no. Or, your left hand hates you and randomly tries to kill you. That's some Evil Dead shit. I feel that. I would take that. I'll take that, yeah. I'm not killing baby seals. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, what's bringing you joy besides the Scientology podcast? Um, My ice cream right now. My sewing. Um, I am about to start back to school for my last semester of undergrad, which is crazy. Um. Yay. Yeah. The end is nay. Yeah. The end is nigh. I said the end is knee. <laughs> the end is nigh. <laughs> <laughs> Except I'm a little nervous because uh, I ordered books a month ago and they are still on hold because they are not at the bookstore yet. And my semester starts oh my next God. week. So Fucking FedEx, man. They're just like, I mean, like, it'll get there when it gets there. It's I'm not- going to have a beer. <laughs> But it's not FedEx, though. It's, like, the li- the bookstore does not have the books. Well, right, because they're probably waiting oh, for well, them to get there, oh, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, 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 that's, that's true. I <laughs> I missed it completely. <laughs> no, you're good. There's stuff at our store that we ordered in August that still isn't here. Oh, my God. Yeah, girl. Wow. Shit's fucked. I'm about to have a conversation with that supplier, mm-hmm. but... 
Right. I just got wow. really freaked out because the door just opened by itself, but oh. it was the cat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the fuck? All right. What's bringing you um, joy? My house. My house is bringing me joy. My new house. Yeah. Uh, the bedrooms are almost done. I'm going to go over tomorrow and I'm going to paint the trim in the nursery and uh, touch up some of the white and hopefully have her room totally done tomorrow. Yay. And then I can focus on the kitchen. Once the bedrooms are done, I can focus on the kitchen. So I just want to get stuff checked off the list. My husband was building today. He took off work and he and his friends built me a laundry room Aww, yay. in the garage. So now I don't have to go all the way downstairs and across the entire basement. To do laundry. In the dark where demons live to do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. Oh, yay. That feels real and is very cool. <laughs> they were framing it in when I went there, went over there to check on them. So, Aww. yeah, it's very exciting, isn't it, Rumi Faye? It's very exciting. I just, I'm done with this house and I want to move over there so badly. It's not even funny. I know. It's only a couple more weeks, though. Yep, we're getting close. We're getting close. Yeah. So, oh, fingers crossed. But anyway, well, we love you guys. Um. Let's all try to focus on gratitude for 2021. Yeah. And um, if we focus on enough gratitude, maybe we can turn this uh, turn this ship around. What, what do you say? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> all right. Well, we love you so much. Please be safe. Wear your mask. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, bye guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.